This is the Byron Bledsoe podcast, senior pastor of C3 Church in Orlando, Florida. Thank you so much for checking out today's message. We hope this word encourages you and inspires you. Let's jump into the message. Excited to be back here, C3 man, and man, we, my wife and I, Tina, we we love Pastor Byron and Angie, and we we fill a part of the house and love the house. You already know the last few weeks, Pastor Brian has been teaching on the, the series, The Master Class, which is sort of, it's like the core curriculum of our Christian walk. Those, those truths that, that God wants us to grasp, to kind of, to pocket, you know, as we walk through life, kind of like that all tool spiritual leatherman that you open up and all the stuff you need, that you need to know, that you need to use is crime there. So that's what this master class has been about. And, you know, this week we're really going to look at, at one thing, just that one thing. It's that last lesson, that last assignment, that last tool that Jesus was kind of put in our, you know, tool of the Tim Time belt, you know, and, and, and carry with us and really know. Have you ever... Man, I have, you know those times where somebody said to you or, or you wanted to say to somebody, you only had one job, just one thing. I remember when I was uh, playing football in high school, we're having one of those games where it was three and out and three and out. And by the third time, you know, you're not walking off the field to the sideline, man. Hey, but we did it. You're counting your heads down. And I remember coach, coach Woodall, when the, when the coach calls your last name, not your first name, it's like, oh, okay. All of a sudden he's like, Robinson. And I look over and now this was in the day when if a coach grabbed your, 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 your face guard, it, it was okay. Nobody ran home and told mama or cried about it. But I remember that coach Woodall, like he grabbed my face back and pulls me close in and said, Robson, how many guys are on the football team? What do you feel? I was like, there's 11, coach. How many of them are you? I said, just one. He said, you only got one job, one assignment. You understand? Just one thing. I need you to do your thing. I was like, okay, coach Woodall. Jesus has this one thing he wants us to do, this one assignment. And, and this is, uh, th- this is what, what he says here. It's found in Acts chapter 1, verses 6 through 8. Matter of fact, this is the last thing that Jesus said to the disciples. Now, kind of let me give you the setting. The disciples, just a few weeks earlier, had been in Jerusalem. And Jesus had come to Jerusalem, but well in Jerusalem, you know, he was put before the, the Sanhedrin and Pilate, you know, Send him off to be crucified. And so, man, the disciples are watching Jesus, the one they follow, get crucified. As a matter of fact, as Jesus is carrying the cross, I kind of thought about this. When he fell under the way of the cross, none of the disciples helped pick up the cross. Man, they, they, were, they saw all going on. They, they're kind of beaten, kicked to the curb, kind of like, oh, they're just not sure. Somebody else helped Jesus carry the cross the rest of the way. So the setting is they've watched their Savior they watched Jesus crucified. But now, Easter Sunday came, he rose from the dead, they saw him, and Jesus had been hanging out with them for like 40 days. So it's like, dude, man, they're, they're kind of amped, they're kind of ramped back up, and, and the setting is here in Acts chapter 1, beginning of verse 6, Jesus gathers the brothers together because he's about to go to be with the Father where he is now, and as he gathers them in, I, I love this right here, it says here in Acts Chapter 1, verse 6, it says, They gathered around him, and they asked him, Lord, 
Is this the time you're going to restore the kingdom? Now, now remember, man, they watched him get crucified. Now he's risen from the dead. He's hanging out with them. So their juices are flowing. And they're thinking, dude, Jesus, it's time ready. Let's go. Let's, let's, let's just kick this thing. It's like I can almost picture him saying, Jesus, we got a boom box up right here. Ready to click play for some 1990s LL Cool J. Mama said, knock you out. We, it's like, come on, man. They, they, they think that Jesus has come here to do that thing with just take over and kick everybody and, and just reign and rule. Yeah, Jesus is the king, but they didn't quite still understand. They didn't quite get it. And so, you know, Jesus, now, you know what I like about this right here? This is just, this is real Bible. What it shows to me, these guys are like you and I. Man, we feel that way sometimes. Maybe you're feeling the way right now. Sometimes I do. It's like, right, we're, we're kicking corona, right? We've gone through 2020, right? We're into 2021, right? Okay, ready? Come on, let, let, let's kick the door all the way open. And that's kind of how they were. And Jesus is like, whoa, whoa, come on. Back up, guys. Back up. And, and he says here in, in, in verse 7, he says, It is not for you to know the times and the dates the Father has set by his own authority. In other words, guys, guys, settle down here. Simmer down. You don't quite really see it. Sometimes we don't see it. You know what I'm saying? You met those people, it's like they see it, but they don't see it. It just got, kind of goes above their heads. I, I remember hearing the story about the lady who, uh, well, her car broke down. Well, she thought it did. It just stopped. She's, she's on the side of the road and she's frantically just looking all around. She kicks the tire like that's going to help. Lifts the, the, the hood of the, the car and looks in like she even knows what she's looking at. Just so happens a tow driver pulls up behind her, gets out of his truck and says, ma'am, you know, I'm not only a tow driver, but I'm a mechanic. Said, evidently you've got trouble. She said, sir, my car just stopped. It's broken down. Can you give me some help? And uh, so she hands him his the keys to her car and he gets in the driver's seat and kind of tries to crank it to see what's wrong. He goes, <laughs> as he's looking at the dash, she's like, oh, here's your problem. She goes, what? He goes, ma'am, you're out of gas. <laughs> and, and she goes, well, can you fix it? Will it hurt to run it like that? It's like, man, you just don't see it. People just kind of miss it. And these, the disciples kind of missed it. Satan at this point had kind of been the great distractor that he is. And that's what he wants to do in your life. That's what he wants to do in my life. The great diverter, to divert our attention. He's like, dude, the spiritual pepper spray to kind of like miss it, to not see it what we need to see. And Jesus didn't crack on him. Jesus didn't like, whoa, whoa. He didn't say anything. He just, you know, like to like scold them. He just said, hey, guys. This it's not your concern. The Father, that, that's up to him. And in verse 8, he uses that one word, this kind of a, a 180, that conjunction, that, that kind of, the, the word but. In other words, guys, don't, do, don't worry about this. This is where we're headed. He said, but you will receive power. I love that word there. That word power there in God's word is the same word, the root word in the original language that we use in the word in America for the word dynamite. So, so when he's saying you receive power, it's not a small thing. I mean, I, I live where I live in Franklin, Tennessee. We're near a rock quarry. 
And they will let us know the neighborhoods where they're going to blast. And when they blast, and they're, they're putting those dynamite sticks in certain areas to blast, you feel it. You feel the rumble. Even though the rock core is about two or three miles from us, you feel it. So Jesus is saying that you receive power that is impacting an impactment from your life. You receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And he's saying to the brothers, the disciples, hey, when I have truly come into your life, it's not a small thing. I've got a good friend of mine, six foot nine, Adrian, played defensive end in college. And we were doing an FCA, Fellowship of Christian Athletes event. It's been a few years ago. And we were just talking about kind of crazy things our kids have said. And he said, uh, uh, it's been, I don't know, at that time, he said a few weeks earlier before that, his little boy, who was like four years old at the time, came up to his dad. You remember Adrian, six, nine. He goes, Daddy, looks up at him. He says, Dad, I got a question. He looks at his little son and said, what's, what's the question, Bo? He said, Daddy, how big is Jesus? And Adrian looks at him and he goes, Robbie, I'm like, how do you answer that? How do you answer your four-year-old kid? How big is Jesus? And where did he get that thought from? Where did that question come from? And he said, all I knew to do is I just said, well, Son, he's big. He said, Robbie, my little boy looks at me kind of up and down and kind of scratches his head and steps back and folds his arm and says, well, is he bigger than you, daddy? (laughs) And again, Adrian's like, Robbie, how do you answer that? He said, I just said, yeah, in so many ways. You don't understand it now, but son, yeah, Jesus is much bigger than your daddy is. He said, then Robbie, he kind of steps back and puts his hands on his hips and like he's really frustrated. He's looking down, looking back up at me and it's kind of rubbing his head and his forehead and his eyes and his brow. And he looks at me and says, but daddy, did, did, you know, you talk about asking Jesus in your heart one day. So one day when I ask Jesus into my heart, if he's bigger than you, he's going he's gonna to stick out all over. <laughs> and Adrian's like, Yeah, what a truth. When Jesus, who he is, comes into our lives and we receive him and we accept who he is in our lives, yeah, it's it's not a small thing. And he will, as Adrian said to his little son, stick out all over. Yes. And what Jesus said to them, you receive power from the Holy Spirit. That part of me that I'm leaving with you comes into you when you really, truly receive that, me, and I come into your life. And he says, it's just going to be the next step then. You will be, God's word says in verse 8, you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. It's like Jesus is saying, when I really come into your life, And you really receive me and all that I am, God the Father, God the Son, the Holy Spirit, it comes into who we are. Man, it's just going to be a natural step in our lives to want to tell others, to want to be witnesses in our home, at work, school, in every area of our life. That's what he was saying to the disciples. And that's that, that last thing he, he hands to us, that, that last chapter of the master class, so to speak, that we need to grasp, we need to see, we need to know in our lives. Man, we think about, man, we use that, that term witness or, or that, that phrase, tell someone 
share Jesus with someone, man, honestly, it is kind of a, it's kind of a scary thing when you think about it. It's kind of like I remember when I was a kid, one of the scariest things in my life as a kid was when I grew up in a little town called Cape Toronto, Missouri, there was a public pool. We went to I spent every day there in the summer. But you were like first, second, third grade, man. You, you one day wanted to go off the high dive. But it was like, whoa, it was scary. You know, you're like, whoa. It was like, it, to us, it was like as high as the Empire State Building, you know. And I remember like, I go off the low dive. You go on a high dive, Robbie? Oh, no, that's like, no way. And, and I, I remember that first time climbing up that ladder. Man, to get up that high dive, it's like, man, I felt like I was going up in the clouds, you know? And I'm, I'm at the top now, and I'm walking out to the edge of the high dive, and you're just like, the whole world's standing at the pool, and my brothers are yelling, go, Robbie, go, jump, jump. You're like, ah! And man, when that, that first time you jump up, man, it is scary, but exhilarating all at the same time. And when we t- witnessing, Sharing Jesus with someone, stepping out and talking about who he is in our life, or, or maybe even just the simple thing of inviting somebody to come to church with us, that, that just a small step of sharing Jesus. It does sometimes feel like, man, I'm, I'm stepping off the high dive. I'm so thankful. When I was a senior in high school, a girl named Heather and a guy named Jamal sat right in front of me. In, in class, one of my classes, and it's like every week, like clockwork, Heather would turn around and she'd say, hey, Robbie, what are you doing this weekend? And I'd, I'd say something, you know, tell her I'm going here doing that or partying this or that or whatever. And she goes, hey, why don't you come to church with me? And be like, no, Heather, I'm not going to church with you. And even Jamal, he'd turn around, he'd kind of chime in. And it wasn't like every once in a while or just once. It was like every week, like clockwork. I could almost count on it. At some point, Heather would turn around or Jamal would turn around. Hey, Robbie, what are you doing this weekend? Hey, we'd love for you to come to church with us. I reached this one point in my life as a senior in high school. It doesn't matter if you're a senior in high school or you're 27, you're 30, you're in your 60s. We all have those moments where life kind of shakes us or something's happened in our life that we think a little differently and we evaluate or like question or just like, maybe I need to. And that one day, I had to turn around and say, hey, what are you doing this weekend? I didn't have much answer for it. She goes, man, why don't you come to church with me this weekend? Come to church where Jamal and I go. And I remember I accepted that invitation. And I went to the church off of Dickerson Road. Their, their pastor, Pastor Jimmy, I will never forget because I hadn't gone to church much. And because of where I was in my life, what I was encountering, facing, dealing with, and how life was just kind of squeezing on me that I couldn't help but listen that morning. And Pastor Jamie preached out of, I'll never forget Mark chapter one, verse 15, where Jesus said, man, the kingdom of God is here. I'm here. But if you want what I got, Jesus said, you need to repent and believe. You need to turn, you need to change, and you need to, to believe, like accept. And I was at that point in my life where it's like, there's some things that have got to change. 
But I was struggling. I was struggling with, man, okay, I, I, I do sense that. I, I need to let go of this. There needs to be a turn, a change. And, and there's a part of me that I, I, I do believe, but the word that Jesus uses in Mark chapter 1 for believe is not just to mentally agree with, but like step into it. Like, I believe it enough, I want this. I remember, gosh, I couldn't get that off my heart. Kept thinking about that for a few days. And I remember, kind of weird thing, I'm in, I'm in biology class, like four days later at my high school. And like in the middle of class, kind of, not out loud, but inside my heart, I kind of could almost hear God speaking to me, saying, Robbie, you know things got to change. And I'm thinking, yeah, they do. So I'm right there in the middle of biology class. I'm like, this is a little intense. Like what I'm, what's going on, what, I, what I'm, what I'm kind of feeling, thinking, and God's speaking to my heart, and I'm kind of mulling through the things that, that Pastor Jimmy had talked about a few days earlier because I went to church with Heather and Jamal, and I just thought, whoa, I, I just stood up. Like, I, I got to get out of here. I remember I, I just, as I'm standing up, Miss Jones, my, my teacher's like, Robbie, are you okay? I'm like, no, I, 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 no I'm not. And I remember I just walked out the door. I didn't even walk toward the, the principal's office. It wasn't no game of Monopoly where I didn't walk. You know, I didn't pass go. I didn't collect $200. I just walked. I thought if I could walk long enough, fast enough, and far enough, this God speaking to me thing would just would go away. I didn't walk Passed my car in the senior parking lot. Man, I had a really boss car. Man, I'm a senior in high school. I'm driving a Ford Pinto, right? Yeah, party on. You know what I'm saying, dude? I am styling and profiling, baby. I thought, dude, I didn't even stop there. I just kept walking. And finally, after just literally, I don't know how long I walked. Like, okay, man, what what I'm what I'm going through is just kind of kind of subsided for a moment. About two weeks later, I'm I'm at home on a. Saturday night, my mom, my dad, my sisters were at home. And uh, man, I loved football, so I was watching a, a documentary on the great coach Vince Lombardi and, and how they won the first two Super Bowls, the Green Bay Packers. And just in the middle of that, I'm, just, I'm caught up in it. All of a sudden, this, this God speaking to me thing kind of happened again. Like in my heart, I kind of started thinking about what Pastor Jimmy talked about. And it's like in my heart, I could... Since like Jesus saying, Robbie, do you want me? And I remember thinking, I do. And I remember thinking, man, I want this. And right there in my living room, 525 Lamont Drive, Nashville, Tennessee, I literally got on my knees and I, I believed enough that I wanted to receive and ask Jesus to come into my life to come into my heart to be my Savior. I'm so glad that Heather and that Jamal, that they, they took seriously that last thing that Jesus said, that we're to be witnesses, that we're to tell others. Because actually God's word says, how can they hear unless someone tells them? Jesus said, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses. Hey, would you pray with me? Please do. Heads bowed, eyes closed. And maybe where you are right now, at home or wherever you're listening, 
that maybe the last few weeks, or maybe it's just now, or, or maybe it's something that Pastor Byron has shared, that there's just this kind of rumbling in your heart. You've, you've been feeling a little bit of a sense of, of God speaking to you, but, but you've never like just crossed the line, so to speak. You've, you've window shopped, but you've not opened the door, so to speak. And that's kind of where I was. A lot of window shopping, but I had not walked through the door. I had not opened the door. And for me on that Saturday night when I got on my knees was when I, I, I received, I believed, I invited Jesus to come to my life. So right now with your heads bowed, eyes closed, if you would and you want to invite Jesus to come into your life, pray this prayer with me, will you? Say, dear Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for me. Thank you that in you I can have life. Jesus, right now, I ask you, I invite you to come into my heart, to come into my life, to be my Savior. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. If you prayed that prayer, in just a moment, Pastor Byron is going to come back in and share with you a, a number that, that you can text. By the way, in just a couple weeks, Pastor Bonner mentioned it's, is that we're going to be back at the high school. Palm Sunday and then Easter Sunday. What a great opportunity for you to invite someone, to bring someone, to be that witness. Man, love y'all. Hang in there with us. See ya. Hey, if you just prayed with Robbie and committed your life to Christ, man, I'd love to know that. If you could shoot me a text, just send your first name to 407-487-8311. And the reason I ask you to do that, I'll get the list of names this afternoon, and I would love to be able to pray for you by name today and throughout this week. I'd also love to send you a free gift. So shoot me the text, just your first name, to 407-487-8311. Hey, thanks so much for joining us today. We hope this message encouraged you and inspired you. Would you share it with someone that you're connected with? And also, if you want to be a part of supporting this incredible life-giving movement, you can text C3 Orlando to 77977. You can also go to our safe and secure giving website at givec3.cc. Listen, we love you guys. We're praying for you. We'll see you next week.